Hello, mamas. We are Allison, Kelsey, and Melissa, and we would like to welcome you to the Unstressed Mama podcast, the podcast that will teach you how to manage the daily stress that comes from being a mom. Nothing is off limits here. From peeing your pants to balancing your budget to working out, we'll talk about it. Our kids beg for them and they promise to take care of them. And of course they never do. Obviously we love them, but they can definitely add a big amount of stress to our mom lives. What I'm talking about are our family pets. We've got both of us, Melissa and I both have a couple of newish family pets. Mine is very new, hers is pretty new. And we were just talking about topics to discuss. And I said, Hey, how about talking about how a two pound cat can like ruin your day and not from cuteness. And we went down this rabbit hole a little bit about pets and said, Hey, this actually is a really good topic to talk about because it is definitely a, it can be a really big addition of stress in our lives on top of kids and everything else then you've got these furry children to take care of. Yes. So we have a seven plus year old golden doodle who besides just being goofy and ginormous, he's like 85, 90 pounds. And most doodles are like 50 ish. Um, (laughs) He's great. Most of the time, right. He's behaved. You can take him for a walk on a leash. He goes to the bathroom outside he doesn't get car sick he hangs out a little he gives you your space and he's cool his name's Mosby and our newer dog so we we lost our our, the best dog ever well we had a couple dogs that we lost but the last dog that we had we lost last June he was 12 and old and the, the pet stress really started with that um, because as he got old, he lost control of some bodily functions until like a house smelled. And so like we went through like iterations of replacing this carpet with him and that carpet went away. We had he went in another place. So I was like, well, we're not going to replace that carpet till he's gone. So we've since replaced that carpet. Um, and I had told my husband whenever Jack's passed that Jax was like the best dog ever. So we got him. He was around four. I was actually on deployment when we got him. Um, we had had another dog, Bailey, who was older. And those two were great. They, they were like amazing dogs. And then we got Mosby. They got along pretty well. We had Mosby as a puppy. Him and Jax got along great. Everything was fine. And so when Jax passed, I had said, I wanted a year to be a one dog family. Like my husband's like, but we're a two dog family. I was like, okay, but I need a year. And come Christmas, it was the only thing he asked for was a puppy. So, Your husband? Yes. Not my one husband. of the kids. Now he did get the kids to, kind of, to ask a little bit too, but I knew he really wanted it. So I, I didn't get him a puppy. I said, here, like you may now go get a puppy. We gave him dog dishes and stuff like that. So he, and we wanted to rescue a dog. Um, we like larger dogs. I like our other dog was a lab great Dane. And I really enjoyed having the large Dane. I like, I've always liked labs. Um, and so we thought we found a boxer Mastiff, which mm-hmm. big, but he didn't look too big. 
turns out he's a boxer bulldog and his name is Loki and he is the newest member of the Sarovi family and we got him in January literally like from the foster person picking him up from getting neutered so he came home what we thought was like a 15 month old puppy he was really like 19 months old a little bit older than we thought or maybe we thought he was closer to a year Regardless, he's a little older than we thought. And so he had a lot of energy, um, a lot of you know, testosterone was still running around in there. And so the, the union of the Loki to our family did not start out great. Now, did you know that Loki is the god of mischief? At the time, I hadn't the slightest <laughs> idea. I am aware of that now, and it is totally appropriate <laughs> for this dog. Um, so he joined us. We had some issues like for the first week, we couldn't keep him and the other dog in the same room together. So talk about adding stress. Um, we're in the middle of the pandemic. I was back to work in the office. The kids were at either daycare or the learning center. And like, we couldn't have our two dogs in the same room. So that meant, and we didn't want to leave the new dog, like in a crate all day. And so that meant like me, the old dog and the two kids hung out and my husband and the new dog were hanging out because I wanted to make him feel welcome. So it was stressful. Um, he also had an issue where his tail had never been docked. Um, and so it was so strong. If you were ever curious, that's my understanding of why they docked those dogs, certain breeds tails, because they're so strong. And when they hit things, they break open and bleed and then they have a wagging tail so there was that stress. That was the next month. So then we had to get his tail amputated, which happened the next month. So now we're in like March. Um, and then in April, so we, but needless to say, by this point, the dog and I have not bonded. <laughs> um, and I was actually sitting at my desk where I am sitting right now. I was on a call like I am right now. It's in the morning. And the dog had come down the steps to the basement and I hear this noise. I'm like, he's peeing around the corner of my basement. And he peed on my blipping treadmill. That uh, I, I just got for my birthday, my 41st day, my husband got me the Peloton treadmill and he peed on it. I <laughs> lost my ish so bad, like screamed. Then we get to May. Oh, we still can't take the dog on a leash still to this day, but we were trying to go away for Easter and we were trying to take the dog. We couldn't get him on a leash. So we're going to take him with a muzzle. And I'm like, we're not going to walk around the beach area with a dog on a muzzle. That's no, that's just not happening. No. So at this point, we're kind of in like a neutral zone. I can't, I don't hate him by any means. And I, I want to love him. I really do. But as I was coming to record this, I went to grab my favorite blanket and, oh, boxers, lots of slobber. Literally saw like some chewed up toy, like on my blanket. And I'm like, there's slobber. I even touched it just to make sure because it's my favorite blanket. And um, yeah, he was like sucking on my blanket or rolling on it. I don't know. His slobber was (laughs) on my blanket. We'll go with that. That's a fact. So that's the story of this new dog. Um, and how that relates to kids and probably why I'm like, not get him out of here is my four-year-old loves him. Like 
he's like, I just want Loki to snuggle with me. Although I found out today also this evening, actually before we even had this conversation, my, my four-year-old brought up this video he had taken of himself on his iPad and he had kicked the dog. And I was like, you can't do that. And he's like, why? I'm like, he's not going to like you. He's like, I just want him to snuggle me. I'm like, he probably doesn't want to snuggle you because you're not nice to him. So he loves the dog. I think the dog loves him a tad bit less. Um, but yeah, he's, the dog is a sweet dog. Got some work to do. So a lot of stress. Yes. I can completely relate. I thought of this originally because of this new kitten we have, but the pooping when kitten. I was pregnant and had Danny, we had a dog and his name was Max. I don't think I've ever talked about him in the group before or on here. He's been gone for six years now. So when I got pregnant, we had had Max for seven-ish years. And Max was a lunatic. He was rescued from a kill shelter. Um, he had already been returned at least once, maybe twice. And it was, no, like if you return him, he's going to be put to sleep. He'll be deemed non-placeable or whatever they call it. And I didn't want a dog um, because we don't live near family. And I was thinking what, when we go to visit, what are we supposed to do with a dog? And, oh, let's not um, talk about that stress of what to do yeah. with dogs. So, and this was before <laughs> Rover yeah. and things where you can find dog sitters easily. So anyway, um, my husband went and got the dog and they told him this dog is going to need somebody with a firm hand. He is, well, they said he was wild or whatever. It turns out he had like massive anxiety about everything that you can imagine. So the second I walked in the door, I like fell in love with the dog because he was so goofy and cute and all of that. And then he proceeded to basically destroy my freedom, take away every ounce of freedom I had for the next nine years. Um, while we owned him, I had to get up and walk him at like 4.30 in the morning every single day before I went to work. Because when I didn't, he did things like rip our couch in half and um, stash the garbage under cushions all over the place. And he, I tried to crate train him and he tried to chew his way out of a metal kennel. And, you know, despite all the patience in the world. And as time went on, it got worse. Um, it ended up the last few years, we basically could not watch television because um, if there were other animals, noise of animals, look of animals, even a pretend animal or people like physically fighting on the TV, he would launch himself at the television and bark like crazy. My golden doodle does that. Yeah. It's, I didn't know that was another thing that dogs did. I thought that was just this weird dog we had. No, and he ended up, my husband fell asleep with the TV on one night and he rammed his nose into it. And even though all of our televisions were mounted way up on the wall, he launched off the entertainment center and rammed himself into it and ruined the television. Um, 
so I totaled up one time the damage that I suspected he had done to our house that we had repaired and it was well over $40,000 over a nine-year period. So, and on top of it, well, no, that wasn't just damage. That was also his medical bills because he had food allergies. So he had to eat special food before that was popular. He was like one of the pioneers of having to have buffalo or something different and be now you can find that everywhere but you know um however many years 10 years ago or whatever you couldn't it was very expensive and so anyway super expensive dog couldn't have been sweeter but when I found out I was pregnant I was that panicked like how in the world because he was already older and he never calmed down everybody was oh you know when he turns five you'll be surprised no he never calmed down. The only time the dog got calm was the last year of his life when he couldn't hold down food or water and was having an IV. And he still would drag himself out of the chair in the morning and ask to go for a walk. Oh I mean, God. it was so sad, but I don't want to talk about that. Um, <laughs> anyway, when I, so I, I ordered this thing online when I got pregnant called pregnant pause. And it was like a CD that had a baby crying so I could play it so he could get used to the noise. So I did that. And then there were some other, just a few basic training things, but I did all like, this was all I could find all the information. And then there was a blanket that came with it that you were to wrap the baby in at the hospital and then bring it home and let the dog smell it. So we did all of that. And I was convinced that like, he was just going to kill the baby because, um, he was definitely my dog. Like no doubt about it. I walked him, I fed him, I did all the stuff and, um, he was really good with him. He was really good with the baby. He was super sweet. He surprised me. He wasn't quiet by any means. Um, I had to work around that too. We had like super thick carpet and super thick padding put in the baby's room so I could shut the door and deaden the noise because he was an explosive barker and a noise machine and all the things to figure out you know how do you have a baby with the world's uh, loudest dog Um, but the last year of his life where if it wasn't already stressful enough um, he got sick it started with, he had glaucoma in his eye and he was looking at me, his eye was watering and I reached over to pet him and he um, yelped and moved away from me and I hadn't even touched him. And I thought, well, that's not good. So I took him to the vet and they said, yeah, he's got glaucoma. His eyeball is swollen to like three times its normal size and still inside the socket. So he's in a lot of pain. and. He needs to have his eye taken out. And I said, okay, let's get it done. And they said, he can't see out of it anyway. Um, So it won't be any, it'll just be an improvement for him. So we got his eye removed and he had to have a cone on for two weeks. And I had an 18 month old and a 970 square foot base house. So 90 pound dog with a giant cone and a, I guess you call it a toddler, total nightmare. 
but we survived somehow. Um, then two more surgeries that year because he started getting skin lumps that were cancerous. So at least six weeks, maybe seven weeks in one year with a giant cone on this dog and this baby that he kept knocking over. And during that time, my son turned two and we had a two-year-old birthday party with a bunch of two-year-olds there and um, a dog with like 54 stitches in his hind quarters and, you know, like a, what looked like a three foot diameter cone. I mean, I just can't, I can't even describe. He came running out of the house at one point and at least three of the kids screamed like, ah, what is this creature? So the cone, I don't know why this wasn't something I've like experienced in a strong memory with my other dogs, but maybe just because like he had the tail break open. Well, first he had the cone because he had been neutered then he had the tail break open. So they tried to cauterize it and like he had a cone try to keep him from getting the tail, but his tail was so long. It like he'd wrap around and get it like inside the cone. Oh yes. So we tried like a bunch of different cones. Um, and then at the surgery, but like he'd have these plastic cones on and he would break them because he would just run into everything. Yeah. Loki, like God of mischief. Or yes. Right. Um, but he, I can't imagine with the two-year-olds because definitely with the four-year-old, he knocked him around and it was the perfect height for running into the back of your knees. So you just mm. can't hang and get like jolted around, <laughs> like having no idea this dog was coming up behind you. Um, so I can't imagine with two-year-olds, but sounds. Yeah, it was intense. I'm sure our old neighbors, there were definitely times where he'd be outside barking like crazy and his cone shattered also. He kept running it into the retaining wall outside. And it was cold outside. So like, I did not want to buy a new one. And every time it would break, we would duct tape it. So by the end, I was pretty sure it was also working as like blinders because there's no way he could see out of it anymore. Ditto. (laughs) (laughs) Poor thing. But um, it finally ended. I was, so the worst day I can remember was I knew that he wasn't going to make it much longer. And it was a rainy, crappy day. Danny had some kind of stomach bug also. And, and, oh, Max was like having, he couldn't um, really go to the bathroom properly anymore. They thought he might've been, had a blockage in his bowel. So he was having like awful diarrhea everywhere. And so I took the two of them for a walk and, um, about halfway through Max like explodes in someone's front yard. And I was like, oh, I mean, how are you, you can't scoop it. But I was kind of trying to make an effort because it was really gross. And um, then we get like a block away from home and I had the dog and the wagon with Danny in it. And Danny had like a blowout in his diaper and he was screaming because he had had several that day. And I was trying to like get home and bring the wagon and hold the dog and hold Danny without touching his bottom because it hurt. It was sore. And like, by the time I got home, I was like, hysterical, like so bad. And it wasn't long after that, that um, I put Max to sleep. And, but luckily 
Danny was so young that I didn't also have to deal with the going through the kids pain with it too. Um, you know, he probably realized the dog was gone, but he was too, he didn't care, you know. You know, you know, our kids are four and six when we had to put Jacks down this past summer. And no, they would have been three and five. That was a year ago. Hold on. Yeah, it was a year ago. They were three and five. I don't know what day it is. Um, but so we had his remains like put in a box. And so we have those from our previous dog, Bailey, that like our kids don't know. And like, we were just up front with them. Like, you know, Jax is really sick and it's time for him to go to doggy heaven. And our then three-year-old kept going like, so he's in heaven. And we told, we made them one comment of like, he's up there in the sky looking down at us and for like a month. So Jax is up there looking at us. Yes. Yes, he is. And I try <laughs> to, to like, just be truthful, but like, you know, that was a hard one to like be truthful about because it's hard for them to grasp the concepts. Right. Yeah. Um, and so we just said like, he was gone, he died. He went to doggy Kevin. He can see us from the clouds, but they remember that. So then we had to keep going with all of that, the stories. And a couple of weeks ago, my daughter actually saw the box with our other dog and the paw prints that they like cast for you. And then she said something about like, his name was Bailey and she like remembered the other dog's name who she's never met. And I was just like, well, yeah, that was, that was Bailey. She, I don't even know what she was talking about, but I was impressed how she, we've told her like twice about this other box is this dog Bailey we had before you guys were around mm -hmm. and she retained that information. So, you know, like they know that Jax is in a box and Bailey's in a box and you know, yeah, just we up front. Was, I mean, they were old enough to, she was old enough to like, no, he wasn't coming back. And so we needed to say something. And I felt like obviously as close to the truth as possible was the one thing, but it, it was, that was like the harder part of making the decision. Obviously we knew we were going to have to make the decision at some point, but we were kind of hoping he would go on his own and we could say that he went on his own, but he didn't, but no. he, you know, just being truthful about when your animals go over that rainbow bridge, um, I think makes it easier for the kids and they have a few less questions. You can maybe add the looking at you from the clouds or not, that'd be a- mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have a couple of urns here also. Well, my, my dog Scruffy, she died when I was 20. She's in a pink urn since she was a girly girl. Um, not really though. She was kind of a, a scrapper fighting raccoons and whatnot when I was growing up. But, um, and then Max is in a, in a more handsome dignified box for such a gentleman that he was such a crazy leg hound gentleman. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> but the cats, yeah, we got, the. so Danny really, really well, let me back up. He went to pre-K pre and kindergarten at the zoo here in Omaha, which was so awesome for him. And it turned out, well, a lot, the majority of the kids that went there were animal lovers, which makes sense. And one day they asked everyone all about their pets. And he was the only one in his whole class that didn't have a pet. And he was kind of sad about it. And I thought, oh, well, we can get him a fish because 
after Max and all that expense and all those years of stress, there was no way I wanted any kind of animal that was going to keep me like from being able to do fun things where I would have to say, no, I have to go home and take care of the dog. I didn't want it. So we did get him a fish and he kept asking for a cat. So there was some kind of deal made and he saw a cat that he wanted at PetSmart, which is, um, they have cats from the Humane Society there, so they get more exposure. So they're rescues. So that was when we got our first cat, I believe is, I don't know, a couple of years ago. And I was disgusted. Like I did not want a litter box in my house. I didn't want an animal walking on the table that had previously been walking in a box of poop and pee and all the stuff. I did not want any of it. And I just thought I was like probably for at least two weeks, I could barely even speak. I didn't even want to look at her. And then the next thing you know, she started doing funny things in my live videos and like being nice and doing this and that. And I thought, oh, I guess she's not too bad. And then a few more months went by and I realized that um, I had fallen in love with her. <laughs> Even though she's like such a brat and scratches and bites and I still, I've never had cats before. So this was all like, if you had a dog that did this, you would have them put to sleep. She's a lunatic. Um, but this is just what cats do. So then someone at my husband's work found a box of kittens with their mother abandoned by a dumpster um, about a month ago. And said, oh, do you want one of the kittens? And I, in my head screamed, no. And of course, Danny wanted, oh, I want a kitten so bad. Can we get a kitten? And I thought, well, I guess, you know, how big of a deal could it be? We already have one cat. And then when we go out of town, I won't feel so bad because I always feel like she's super lonely. And so now we have a kitten and I did an Instagram carousel on my own Instagram last week about how the kitten has somehow managed to 10 X the amount of poop that is in the litter box every day. Mm. <laughs> and he weighs two pounds and four ounces at last check. And I do not understand how this is possible. And then I remembered how much a baby human produces and realized that, yeah, this should not be a surprise to me. And he um, is just as cute as can be. But if you've got strings on your pants, like he's going to play with them. He just wants to play, 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 play. And it is exactly like having a toddler in the house. Oh gosh. <laughs> like exactly. Like just stop, except a very sharp toddler um, that can climb your legs with his needle-like talons and stink up the whole house with one little tiny turd in the litter box. You know, before we push record it, I told Allison I, I'm allergic to cats. So I've always been like, I don't like them. And I, I feel like if I was not allergic to cats. Perhaps I would not mind them. I can't imagine like you having a litter box, like hanging out with poop and pee in my house. Like that's just weird. But um, 
this, the, the nails is what I like, can't even imagine dealing with on the daily. I, I can't mm-hmm. can imagine it. So like when we got the first cat, she immediately started attacking the furniture and I didn't even like, what, what is going on here? I didn't know that cats did this. So that definitely took, um, some learning to figure out, but finally someone said, well, you just have to buy those cardboard scratchers and put them all over the place. And then they'll scratch those instead. And that worked. So, but it was, it reminds me exactly of having a baby where you have no idea what you're doing and you just have to Google a bunch of stuff and try (laughs) things until you find something that works. And then you've got vet appointments and shots and neuter and spay. Are you going to let them outside? Nay, yes. Now for cats. I mean, we don't let ours out because we have coyotes um, that come around here and they would get eaten and we don't want that. Um, Very very traumatic. So one of the things when we bought our house, we were like, it has to have a fence in the backyard because at the time we had two dogs and I'm like, I'm not getting up and walking two dogs every day. Like a fence in backyard is necessary. I mean, like first thing in the morning. Right. And so we have a fenced in backyard and Loki clearly could jump way over our fence. He just hasn't figured it out yet. You know, Um, did the new stressor of the month. He did mm -hmm. figure out how to dig a hole under the fence and climb under it. Um, So you know, we used to be able to let him be outside. We can't let the two dogs outside together when it's wet. Um, because with the doodle being so fluffy, um, they'll play and the doodle comes in like covered in mud um, oh. around and between the slobber and the rain and the mud, it's, it's just gross. So if it's raining, they can't go out together. You have to do one at a time. Um, but now I like, can't just leave Loki outside unattended because I don't want him to get out of the fenced area. Um, yeah. So, so Max jumped our fence at the old house. And so we had to take it down and rebuild taller. Um, He never dug under it. But also one day I was standing there doing dishes and our kitchen window looked out into the driveway and some friends had showed up in the driveway and I heard them say, oh, hey, Max. And I thought, what? They're not into the fence yet. And he was in the driveway. And I thought, well, how did he get out there? Because there, the driveway wasn't part of the fence. Well, he learned how to just flip open the gate latch with his nose. Oh my gosh. So we had to start locking that. Um, and then when people would come over, they would forget. And then he would run and he wouldn't come back until he was tired and more, you couldn't catch him. It was impossible. And it was just like one thing after another. We didn't use our front door for years because he would completely just bull rush you mm-hmm. if that door was open. Everyone was getting knocked down and he was going out for a run. Yeah. And this, we did have a fenced in backyard and I did walk him every day, but it did not matter. <laughs> well, so this might sound like having pets is unpleasant and you shouldn't do it. Um, And I imagine there are some 
parents listening thinking, well, now, you know, my daughter has been begging me to get a dog and I was going to cave, but now I'm not so sure. And I think Allison, you, you alluded to this, um, you know, that happens, but who ends up taking care of the animal? Um, it is not always the child. Maybe it's the child. Um, this just depends on the child's age and maturity. Oh, there's your cat right there. Oh, he's never far from me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I would say it's hard because you definitely need the animal to be taken care of, but keeping the child who wants the animal accountable for those tasks would be one. And I haven't had to deal with this with my kids because I, I deal with it with, I, I don't call him my kid, but with my husband, because I'm like, look, they're, you, you take care of them. Like if you're gone, I will clearly take care of them. But if you're here, like you're feeding them. He actually said mm-hmm. to me, like, oh, I fed the dog's dinner. And I'm like, well, that's good. Cause I wasn't going to, I didn't say that out loud, but in my head, I'm like, why did you even tell me you fed the dog's dinner? I thought that was just assumed <laughs> you feed the dog's dinner. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with the kids, you know, include them. Um, it, I would say if they're younger and they're asking for a dog, knowing that they're probably not going to be able to help as much as they think they are. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe if they're teen, I think it's a challenge for um, teenagers, but. I think a good tip to reduce stress, like obviously one of the things about animals is that they are supposed to help reduce stress, um, petting animals and having them. I mean, these cats are hilarious, even if they do drive me crazy. <clears throat> and eventually this kitten will grow up and not be like trying to eat my hair and things like that when I'm sitting down. And they're super cute and funny and affectionate when they're not drawing blood. Um, <laughs> and dogs, I mean, I miss my dog. The biggest thing is that even though it was a pain in the butt that I had to walk him every single day for over nine years, I took a walk every single day and I was able to maintain my weight easier. It was a great, you know, I would get home and feel all energized and ready to go for the day, even when I hadn't previously. And he was an awesome walking partner. And it took me years to be able to go for a walk and not feel weird without holding a leash and having him with me. Um, I met people in the neighborhood because I was always out with him and people would ask me, he was super friendly, loved to be petted. Um, so those are all really good, really good aspects of having pets. Um, but one of the biggest things that I cringe when I hear people say, oh, we're going to get a, like, for instance, if I hear someone say, we're going to get a boxer and I know the people and know that they live kind of a sedentary lifestyle. Hmm. I just think, oh, but you can't say anything. You know, people are going to do what they're going to do. But if I could counsel people that I don't know personally, who won't think I'm judging them, do your research and make darn sure that the kind of dog you're getting has a personality that is suited to your lifestyle. So that's interesting. Whenever we, we knew Loki was a boxer and I know they're great running dogs. So I was like, I might get my running dog. So, well, doodles can run for sure. The golden doodle. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't run with him enough. And so we don't have the right like pace together. So he's either like, if I'm walking, he's ahead of me, but if I'm running, he's, he's a little too slow and not that I'm a fast runner, but like in the sense, like when I'm running, he's like, like behind me. And so then I'm like dragging this 80 pound, 90, I don't know what he weighs, like this dog with me. Um, and so he just never ended up being my good running dog. Um, I, I tried to at the beginning when he was still a puppy, less than a year old or around a year old. And I was pregnant with Vivian and I was running and he like went, he, I had him on the leash. He just like went toward dogs and I caught him. But in the process I tripped and I, I didn't, I, I caught myself on my hands. Like I didn't like fall on myself, but I was like four or five months pregnant when that happened. And so I was like, oh, I'm not going to run with him again. Um, so then I didn't try running with him until last summer. Um, when I wasn't running that much and in between like with all with having babies and such. And when I ran, I kind of ran at work before, but last summer we were home. So well, let me take the dog. And so I'm like, Oh, now he's older and slow. So we were getting this boxer mix. I'm like, Oh, be a good running dog. We just haven't got him on. Well, I won't lie. It's been a while since we've tried to do any of our training with him. Um, and by our training, I didn't do any, my husband was supposed to, in my mind, he was going to do all the training and I was going to just use the training <laughs> hasn't quite worked that way. Um, so I do hope to be able to have a running dog with him. That's where I'm hoping we'll find our bond. That's, that's that would be fun. cool. I always felt so much safer too. I mean, not to mention I was basically out walking in the middle of the night with him a lot of times, but, um, you know, you just, you had that even though he wasn't a trained attack dog or anything, people are going to be much less likely to try to mess with you if you're walking along with a big dog. And he was big too. Mm -hmm. Um, Now cats may not outwardly have that kind of appearance, maybe that people would be afraid of them, but they should be afraid of my 11 pound cat. She is (laughs) very, very sharp. (laughs) The other thing I'd say with the, you know, bringing a dog into the family, you know, getting to a point where everyone wants the dog versus like, you know, one of the things I I know part of the stressors of bringing Loki in is my husband really wanted to have another dog and I was not quite ready for it. I mean, I was the one that said, let's go get one, but it was kind of like in hindsight, I was like, I, I wasn't mentally ready to have a second dog. And then he came with more challenges of like, I thought I was getting this dog who's going to be potty trained and calm and be like the dog that we just lost. And he wasn't. So there were some expectations there on my part. Um, but tonight laying in bed, my son was like, I have all of my family, you and dad and Vivian and Loki and Mosby. Like our kids think our dogs are part of their family and we and were them as their brothers and, you mm-hmm. know, they're both boys and yeah, they, whether you want them to or not, they just kind of work their way in and, and do that, <laughs> become part of the family. So yeah, I'd say come to, you know, like a, in a, in a agreement is <clears throat> really the best word, but a consensus. And then also before getting the dog, talk about who's going to do what things when, the walking, the feeding, the water, keeping that water bowl full with two dogs, man, that is that is tough mm-hmm. <laughs> things like that you're just figuring those out ahead of time yeah and you know if you can find <clears throat> excuse me 
think Don needs to help me clear my sacral chakra here. Uh, I think that's the one with the throat. No. No, that's the, that was the second one. Root, sacral, and then solar plexus were one, two, and three. Those are the ones we've gone over. And then there's, okay. there is one in the throat though. Okay. Well, Heart one of the four. I think it was the sacral one though that could sometimes make you have to keep clearing your throat if it was blocked. Well, that would make sense because that was the second to last one. Anyway. Um, <laughs> we digress slightly. There, yeah. There's a rescue organization in Nebraska. It's called um, Hearts United for Animals. HUA.org, I think is their website if anybody wants to look at it. But it's out in the country and they have several hundred acres and they take in hard case animals that can't find a home anywhere else or are on death row like our dog was or ones that are just plain unadoptable and have lived in a puppy mill and have too many issues. But you, the ones that they do adopt, they keep for a while, long enough to get to know them and they have a pretty rigorous screening system and they make sure that they match up the people's personality with the dog's personality. And that if I were to ever get another dog, which I'm, I, I hate to say this, but I don't plan on, I mean, that our dog was, it was like Marley and me. If you've ever seen that movie, I, I, didn't, I could completely empathize with the whole movie. Um, Anyway, if I were to get one, I would go to a rescue like that, that knows the dog very well and could really assure me that, yes, this dog is not going to smash into your television. It's not going to um, jump up in your bay window like it's a cat and scratch the tint off the windows. It's not going to do all that stuff. It's just going to chill and go for walks with you. Okay, perfect. (laughs) I'd love to just give like that recommendation to look at adopting or a dog. Um, There's also foster to own type programs too. And technically that's what we ended up doing because he had just gotten Mm -hmm. the foster program um, and just the way the paperwork worked, we were able to like technically foster him with the intent to own. Um, But also I do understand, I I kind of relate this to breastfeeding um, where like, you know, some people will say breast is best. Well, I mean, whatever gets your baby fed and healthy yeah. is really best. Fed so, is best. <laughs> um, I think if you are able to find that dog or pet for your family and adopt, that's wonderful. Um, but if that's not the right fit for your family, um, that doesn't have to be the direction you go either. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge proponent of adopting just because all three of ours have been the, I don't know what Max's story was, but he was nine months old when we got him. And apparently for large dogs, that's a really common age for them to be given up because they've reached their full grown size. And if you haven't trained them, they're a full grown out of control animal by then. Um, And then the first cat, she was found in a field and she is silly as she is and as much as she loves to run she was stuck in a small cage for two months waiting for someone to adopt her which I think isn't even that long compared to some it's just I can't even go to the humane society without getting choked up because it's just so sad so I always 
I'm more of a pushy about adopt, don't shop, but you know, the, I guess the puppies that you have to buy need a home too. Um, and you know, I, I have one that we got as a puppy that was not an inexpensive dog and one two that we've rescued. So um, our last well, one you and this one. And if you've got allergies, I mean, some of those breeds are necessary too. But I, I was just recently telling somebody I'm, I'm turning into Bob Barker, where I want to tell everybody, don't forget to spay and neuter your pets. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I read when we got our cat, cats have about a 50, 50, 50 chance of being adopted once they're in the humane society. Oh, wow. There's just a huge problem with not enough homes for them very sad situation but having, and on that note <laughs> I was gonna say, well, having pets in your family is not supposed to be an altogether sad situation so no um, and it can really be a good way to start teaching your kids about helping with a problem I mean it's a huge problem I think everywhere and if you talk to them about giving them a good home and starting to show them responsibility and you know, not expecting them to take full responsibility because that's unrealistic, but giving them small things like topping off their food or whatever it is you choose to have them do. It is a great way to teach responsibility. And I will say with my kids, it's one of the things, like I asked them to clear their dinner plate off the table, which we've had them do since they could physically do it, but we get the <sighs> every time. But it's like, oh, do you want to feed the dogs? Like, yeah. And they like fight over who gets to feed the dogs. So funny. like, really? Like, we don't even ask them to do that every night. But like, sometimes we ask you to do it. And, and they help us. You know, it's like they're doing it for us. We ask mm -hmm. you to clear your plate every meal. And you growl like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to feed the dogs, you're like, yeah, I'm in. Mm -hmm. So they, they yeah. my kids don't know life without dogs. So and, you know, Danny doesn't have a long period of time of like without pets, you know, mm -hmm. a little moment and now he has some. Just long enough for me to regroup and regain my sanity between the world's craziest dog and the cat. <laughs> All right. Well, mm. hopefully you found this somewhat useful. Um, if you're still going to go, uh, add one to your family um just know that it is a it's a change and there will be unknowns and stressors and like I said before if you come up with like ways to kind of pre-plan how you're going to you know work in those new routines um you'll be on a better path for hopefully less stress um, we did not pre-plan very well getting this dog. It was like Tuesday. We talked to them Friday, Saturday night. We had him in our house. Um, I was like, oh, okay. We now have this dog <laughs> that we can't let near the other dog. So that <laughs> was unexpected. So just, it's a great experience. I think the kids love them. Actually, I know the kids love them and hope that you have a good journey as a pet owner. Yes. And once again, like Bob Barker always said, spay and neuter your pets. 
Exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you always for listening. Uh, if you haven't yet, you should subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And we will see you again next week. The Unstressed Mama podcast is brought to you by Allison Rodden, Kelsey Decker, and Melissa Sroby. You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Unstressed Mama and on Instagram at Unstressed Mama. If you like what you heard, be sure to tell your friends so other mamas can join in the fun. You can find our individual contact information in the show notes for this episode. If you have questions about this topic or suggestions for future topics, the best place to reach us is through our Facebook group, Instagram page, or email at unstressedmama at gmail.com. Thank you.